This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. And good afternoon, everyone. Well, a public meeting was held in St. Mary's on Friday about a festering eyesore that is apparently a toxic environmental and public health threat to the community. The old fish sauce plant has been sitting idle for close to two decades, and in recent weeks, area residents, including Mayor Steve Ryan, learned just how dangerous the vats and vats of putrefying fish sauce there is. Well, my guest today on On Target is none other than the Mayor of St. Mary's, Steve Ryan. Hello. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for taking time to just tell our story. No problem. And it's going to take some time because this goes way back. And I, I'm, it, it's so hard in, in our business to try and compile, you know, a bit of the history for the benefit of our listeners. But I'll let you do that now. Give us a little bit of a background on this business and the building. How did it all come to be? Was it an old fish plant? No, no, this is a this was a new build that happened in eighty nine or ninety. Uh it was uh, a gentleman came in and he got some funding uh from the federal government, the level of provincial government and some of his own money and it was a new idea for North America making this fish sauce. And uh in nineteen ninety one he starts uh production and production would be actually it was a really good business uh business idea because they were taking a lot of the capelin from the plants that were dumping. So they take the heat capelin and put them in those tanks and ferment them and make it into this sauce. So they were getting their product, say, from the, the other plants and doing them a favor because they were, they were disposing of their uh, offal for free. And they put them in these tanks and uh, fermented it. And over the years, they never had some trouble with the federal government, the Food Inspection Agency. And they they were stopped uh, so they couldn't sell. And it goes on and on for that. And I'm just going to skip a few years ago where we really, really ran into trouble with, say, 2016. Uh, we had a, a gentleman come in. In the meantime, over this period, the previous owner left, and we have no contact with him whatsoever. Uh, I'm mayor here now two years. I was deputy mayor for eight years. I'm on council 25 years. And I, I know I know this file pretty well, and it, actually the file is pretty thick. The actual file is over 600 pages, uh, both levels of government, went through the Freedom of Information Act, uh, CBC went through the Freedom of Information Act. But in 2016, we had a gentleman come in and wanted to salvage some of the tanks for his own purpose. So at that time, as a council, we uh, we wrote off the, the taxes owing, and the building was no longer uh, had nothing to do with us, so we could, we wouldn't stand in our way. And this guy, we're after learning since, had some direction from the provincial government at that time of what to do and how to do it. He he followed some of the procedures. Some of them he cut a few corners. Uh, in the meantime, uh, he was there probably for a couple of weeks ago, uh, I guess, at this salvage of the tanks, and somebody put in a report. When they put in the report, the uh, government showed up, and uh, I think it was the 8th of November, and they took some tests, and uh, they sent away on the 9th. On the 9th of November 2016, they actually got them to, to fill in the drain, 
so the the product that they were draining out to the drain would not go out. And on, two, on the 10th of 2016, uh, the report actually came back to what was toxic. And that was the report that they sat on until 2000, well, two weeks ago, 2023, when the CBC, through their Freedom Information Act, got the report back. And I want to talk about that report now in a moment, but um, just to, to back up a little bit, because um, uh, so you, the, the town council, and I say you, when I say you, I mean the town council, yes, even yes, though you yes. weren't mayor at the time. Yeah. Um, so the, the town felt like, all right, somebody's here, wants to take these tanks. We're not going to get in the way. We'll, we'll let you have that. And I assume then that there was an environmental assessment that had to be done there, and government provides guidance when it comes to these of environmental assessments. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, that did happen. They had communication with the, with the provincial government at that time. Uh, I have emails uh, to document that. Uh, they had, uh, well, I was contacted because I was, I was the person who was dealing with it at the time, the deputy mayor, and I was contacted by different people in different uh, levels of that, especially environmental, uh, with the tech plan that this company was supposed to do. And uh, our position, like we said, we were standing aside. We, whatever was going to clean it up, we were okay with it. We were, we were getting in, we were getting informed from the government too, and so we we had no issue no issue whatsoever letting this man come in and do what he had to do. But when when they actually when the report actually went in, then from a local local person reported them, and then when they came and they had to do testing. That's when all this came, these results came about. So you, of course, again, as I say, you, uh, uh, town council, had to trust that the system was doing what it had to do to ensure that everything was being done properly. Oh, yes. We, like I said, we totally trusted. But I think the government, too, was a bit naive because they just wanted it gone, too, especially the provincial government, because we were always after the provincial government. If this was the solution, there was not going to cost the provincial government any money at the time. I think they were willing to to, to turn a blind eye to to what should have been the proper procedure done now, knowing what we know was there. That should have been done before this guy started what he was going to do. If this testing had to be done prior to that, this product, the amount of product that he he flushed into the harbor, wouldn't have happened. But. All the same, this it all kind of is good because if it never had to happen, the testing wouldn't have been done right now today. We'd still be there with this building, still not know what's in it. But out of all the process, we we, we learned some more stuff uh, because us as a town, we, we have a, a small population, 309 people. We don't have the money, money to go out and get consultants to come in. Uh, we, we don't have no lawyers on staff, no engineers on staff. We're all volunteers. Like a lot of municipalities, uh, so you have to trust that the the processes that are in place are going to do as they say they are meant to do. Um, when, when we come back after the break, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the tanks in this building, what they contained, and what the report found. When we come back right after this, our guest today on On Target is the Mayor of St. Mary, Steve Ryan. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target. Weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. 
Our guest today on On Target is the mayor of St. Mary's, and he's got a bit of a mess on his hands, um, to say it uh, least. Anyway, um, we're talking a little bit about this uh, fish sauce plant. So um, explain to us how this works now. This fish sauce plant contained these tanks where the capelin and other products would be put in there to ferment. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct, yeah. So how many of these tanks were in that building originally? Originally, it was 150 tanks. Each tank held 12,500 liters. Uh, the tanks are approximately about 9 to 10 feet high, and they're just in rows in the plant. Uh, when the, the salvager came back in 2016, he took out uh, almost two rows, and uh, two rows. So he took approximately 40. Uh, we entered the premises um, in September, September past, which knowing now, if I had to know what's, what is in there, I, we shouldn't have entered this. was myself and an employee of the town. And we were able to do, get a quick count of what was left. And there's 110 tanks left. And since uh, the, the, uh, the inspectors came in in 2016 and uh, demanded that the drains be filled in, at the time, uh, and in the media past, I, I said it was filled with cement. Some of the reading I'm after doing over the past weekend, <laughs> I think it be suggested that it was a can of spray foam put into the into the drain. And I just want to try to explain to you the best I can that was you know, on the floor. Uh, the best way I could describe it to your listeners is when you have a fresh fall of snow and you walk through it, when you look back, you see your footprints. That's just what's in on the floor. It's about uh, uh, 12 inches thick, high on the floor, because see, now it's not, it's not getting through the drain property where, where it's uh, blocked off, so it's building up. So you have this building up on the floor, almost 12 inches thick over a building that I'd say is almost over 10,000 square feet. So it's quite a mess, and, and that's where the smell is coming from. And the smell is really bad in the fall part of the year, like say, not a part of August, September, October. And it has a lot to do, I think, with the, with the prevailing winds. You'd be taking that June and July, those hot months, but we find here in the community that it's the, it's the months of the fall that the, the, is really the worst uh, with the smell-wise. So this uh, proponent uh, took some of these tanks, 40 as you say, and uh, I presume that in his plan uh, or the company's plan, whoever they were, uh, they said to government, okay, this is how we're going to do this. And I presume that nobody understood that this was going to be just dumped into the ocean. Actually, it was in, in the plan. Dumping into the ocean was a part of the plan. Uh, the original, they were supposed to truck it just over about a quarter of a kilometer, and we were contacted and told to make sure that they don't dump it through our lift station because it would cause damage in our sewer system, and it was to be put into the last manhole cover in our system so it could run out out into the bay. But what the gentleman done at that time was just uh, flushed it right on onto the beach into the ocean, skipping the part of the pumper truck and putting it into our sewer system. But in some of my readings, I was told that that was okay for him to do too. And he just done what, what he was okay to do. And uh, he burned some debris on the beach, when he, which he wasn't supposed to do. And what, what I'm, I'm afraid of too, and what, the, what I think the government is going to try to do, is put this uh, on this gentleman a lot. But prior to this gentleman, 
coming at that site. We got to remember we had 150 tanks that were filled right to the brim, right to the brim with 12,500 liters of fermented capon, salt and capon. Over those years, those 20 odd years, all that's left of most of those tanks was two to three feet of solid. So the tanks drained down over the 20 years, drained down, and they were leaking in the bottom. And the product was run along the floor into the drain system. Out into the, the drain was originally, I don't know how come, okay to go into the beach when they first built the plant. And the, the, the disposal product was running down through the beach into the ocean. I hesitate to guess uh, somewhere around a million liters just after going into the ocean prior to this gentleman taking on the cleanup in 2016. Gross. Gross. And it's more than just gross. Um, so what kind of condition are these tanks in right now? The tanks, well, they're, they're fiberglass tanks. They're 35 years old. And they have a drain system on the bottom. That's what caused the trouble. And, uh, it's like a, 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 you, you put your garden hose on, but it's leaking out around that drain system. And you, right now, well, we still have 110. But it's not as much liquids to, to drain now because the liquids are gone and it's just mostly solids. In every tank now, you're going to three to four feet high of just pure solid material that was fermented down in the bottom over the, the 35 years that the, the uh, vets were there. Concentrated, in other words. Concentrated, yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's a very serious concern. So apparently, as you indicated, back in 2016, a report was conducted on this stuff. Um, and who, who conducted that report? That was the, the federal, federal Department of Fisheries. All right. And you only found out the results of that report within the last week or so. Yeah, last week or so, uh, we uh, we had our, our MP here, Mr. Ken McDonald, in September, and uh, we, we brought him for two issues. We, were, we have a, a new owner of our plant here. We're looking for a wharf and the sauce plant. And we just say sauce plant, but our winner, our MP and our MHA, because everybody knows what the sauce plant is. Uh, and we done a tour outside the building, and at that, that time, Mr. McDonald said to me, he said, if we can prove that this is anyway toxic, he said, this has to be cleaned up. We're, we're looking at federal because the, the ocean is 50 feet away. The fisheries is responsible for the ocean. So we had a meeting, and uh, in our minutes, I, I stressed that in our minutes, but Mr. McDonald said, and a reporter picked up on our minutes and in the meantime, it's just like a kind of a perfect storm. The Freedom of Inf Information Act that they filed in 2016 just returned. And when it, when it returned, it had those results. But uh, I just got to say, I put another data. That's 2016 that they took, took the samples and sat on, on the results. But uh, in 2019, this story hit the airways, and it was big. It was the top story in North America for two days. I've done, uh, done interviews in Ireland, New York City, all over Canada. And at that time, both our MHA and our, both our MP were involved, and neither one of them was still not made aware of the results of this test. Still not made aware with 
I don't know if it was negligence. I don't know they, they were not they were told not to be told. But even for the town not to know, but your local MHA and MP are our representatives. And for them not to be told that this this product it has to be answers. There's some way people have to answer to what they done, their decisions, and to leave us as a town in such a such a, a bad shape. And, and like I said, I'm a volunteer. Uh, I'm dealing with this now, uh, trying to get it on. It has to be cleaned up. Uh, well, I have people depend on me, uh, businesses. It's it's, str- it's very stressful. Very stress. I when when we got. Uh, the result uh, when uh, I was broken to me on, on air actually uh, from CBC when it was broken to me I, I was shocked because I said I was in the building three or four months ago I was in I walked around we have uh, like what did I do to myself uh, like I, to just explain where, where this building is too like the, the Newfoundland saying is a gunshot away it's not a gunshot away we have a quarter of a gunshot away. We have uh, another 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 business. We have our church. We have our town hall. We have our community hall. We have our post office. And worst of all, we have our school. Our school is a quarter of a gunshot away from this building. What is happening? We have children. It might be a big school. We have about 60 kids. Three years ago, I went out and I I asked at that time I I asked to get an air quality test done on the school through the school board. I talked to them directly. I asked for an air quality test. Just do it. Give us peace of mind. I was turned down at the time for an air quality test at the school in 2019. I still don't think it's taken this serious because we're here again, and this is after breaking since last week. I, 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 if I'm betting, still not after being an air quality test done at school. We still got our 60 kids going to school there. I had a parent come to me this morning, said, "What do you think we should do? Should we take our kids out of school?" I said, "I cannot tell you what to do." This parent had knowledge of what's in that building. He said, they do not, they're not taking this serious. If this, what they're saying is in this building, we can get to that later on, but there's another gas apparently present in the building. If this gas is totally, totally illegal, it is 100% toxic if you come in contact. We're, we're, here, we're here now on Monday, and there's still nothing. There's no, I'm sure there's no air quality test. My, right now, I think there should be an air quality test done at a school. There should be, uh, the plant should be concealed. There should be security put on the plant uh, from anybody entering. But it seems like nothing to be taken seriously. I know the Minister Davis is busy today with, with the ambulance strike because of the health issue. But I don't think they realize the health issue that's in St. Mary's Bay this morning. That now we know of. That was here the past past two weeks, past two months, past two years, past ten years. But right now we know. And the knowing is the worst. And there's only one more thing worse than what we know. What else is there that we don't know? 
And I want to talk to you a little bit about exactly what the report found and this presence of HS2 or hydrogen sulfide um, when we come back after the break. Our guest today on On Target is the Mayor of St. Mary's, Steve Ryan. We'll be back right after this. Weekdays on VOCM. It's Open Line with your host, Patty Daly. Join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m. to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking. Our guest today is the Mayor of St. Mary's, Steve Ryan. And Steve, you've been talking about this report that was apparently uh, conducted back in 2016, the results of which were presumably um, kept under wraps until uh, an access to information request was made and finally um, answered. Um, So what did the report find? The report in 2016 found, well, first of all, their, their interest was the ocean at the time and fish. It wasn't the people. And I assume the sample, then it was DFO that conducted the report? It was DFO, yes. And when the sample came back and it was a toxin found, that was so frightening because the sample, that, how they done the, the test was on live fish. It killed every fish in the tank in 15 minutes. 100% mortality rate in 15 minutes. That's what this substance did to the fish. Now, we have this substance running out into our, our, our bay here for over 20 years. Not only that substance, that's what's running out, but us as a council, we reached out to different uh, cleanup groups here in, in Newfoundland to come and have a look at our site. Uh, this goes back back over, say, 10, 15 years and we have we had different companies. All the big ones came. Some of them came and walked in, and they said disaster zone, not touching it. So others, yes, did, did attempt it if we had funding. And but we had one company that took a little bit more interest and went and got some samples and made two or three trips to the building and they done it as done up on the plan for the for to get it done over a couple of periods. We put it for funding. We had to have something to go with that proposal to get funding. Every time we're always turned down, by the way, for our funding. Uh, then uh, they're after coming into uh, the knowledge that there's some H2S gas in the building. Uh, this came to light too around the same time because they were trying to do up a report for us. And when this, this broke, we went back to them and said, we want, we want your attack plan now because it's all coming together. And it was a presence of H2S gas. H2S gas, I'm not a scientist. I'm actually searching it up. Pretty deadly. Uh, could be there. Like, I was, I was, uh, it was a person explained it to me today. And they're after doing some courses. The way to which HS2 gas could go too. We could go in there tomorrow, and it's not there. But we could store up the, the pot, say, the, the material that's there with it in us. And it could be, I think I was told, 700 parts per million is just pure 100% deadly. Knowing that that, that gas is present there too, uh, it's very disturbing for now the public because it's one thing to talk about the fish and uh, 100% mortality rate within 50 minutes, which is very, very scary. If I was a fisherman, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be scared about that. What did that do to our fish? to our bay, to our lobsters, to our cod, <coughs> excuse me, over the past 20 years. 
but just H2S gas is more frightening as a, me as the mayor and as a small community with a school in the proximity of where we're two as what can happen. You what don't know happen. what the concentrations of the H2S gas um, there might be, do you? No, I do not. No. Like I said, we never got the full report. We just got a part of the tech plan. And but any any traces at all scares me. And it's not just this gas. What else is there? When you have all this in, in there building up over 20 years, all inside the building is gyprock. So can you just picture gyprock into a building for 35 years, no heat, you had 150 tanks full of open, uh, no covers on them, with liquid. You have the mold on the gyprock, and it's just, say, on all the gyprock, and it's running down into the floor. Uh, one of the first guys that came in, in, this was way, way back, he said to me, he said, you got a disaster zone? He said, one thing I'm going to tell you how I know, he said, you do not have any rats. He said, rats knows when something is toxic. He said, you should be crawling with rats. I still remember that he, he told me standing up down in front of the door, and it's quite scary to actually think about that. Like when we were in there back in September, <laughs> there's no fly. It's just a dead zone. It's like nothing goes there. There's a story. <clears throat> excuse me, I was only been aware of it uh, past week. There was a coyote sighted in the in the proximity of the building. And two days after, they found a coyote up in the garden dead. I don't know if I put two two together. I could be totally, but even just to think that that was a that's a chance is is bloody. It's just scary, 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 scary. The mold alone, as you as you described, depending on what type of mold it is, could be toxic in and of itself. Uh, so. Here's the mess. You've got this mess, and I've seen pictures of the building. I haven't been down that way to see the building myself, not in recent no. years anyway. Um, and it's not even secured. Is that correct? You, you could, you know, it's been breached. People have been in and out of there. It's open. Oh, yeah, well, uh, it's had to be breached more than once. Uh, we, we, we were advised to keep it closed. So, so much we could do as a town. We put the doors up. But in the front, the side of the building now facing the ocean, that building is about 50 feet away from the ocean's edge. Uh, I just see from pictures I never even knew myself, the drain pipe that originally came out of the building when it was built was probably 20 or 25 feet further down the beach, closer to the ocean. But the erosion over the 20 years, we're right up to the building now. And right now, when the ocean comes in at high tide, the front of the building is open. The ocean goes into the building. The ocean comes out of the building. So it goes in and out. So it's taken stuff with it when it's coming back and the under the building now when the ocean comes in it goes right in underneath the building and undermine it so all you need now is the building to break off and topple over and it's onto the beach wow so you had a meeting on friday water residents say they're scared they're actually like, I sat on this for seven days when I was told because I wanted the story to go and I, was, I, I, I felt obliged because he brought us the information and so I, we, we kind of kept on the wraps for a little while and I, I got to meet, I, I, I lastly, not letting the residents here know, we have an, an older population, 50 plus here, just about every household, a lot of, a lot of households are just one, one per person in them. 
and I have one lady, she, she never stopped crying. She's after doing some interviews, she's after having, but she's right on, on the road with it. And uh, she's she's just so upset. And for, for what we're being told it's going to take to clean it up, yes, it's a big job, but it's no really big amount of money. You're, we're talking just a little over a million dollars. That's just, that's as big money for us as a town, but that's not big money as the provincial government and the federal government. That's only, uh, uh, I was a, a story this morning, there was a, a, a spill in Vancouver, a boat, 40 to 100 litres of oil spilt. It's being acted on it right now with every, everything in the Coast Guard's arsenal, and it's being monitored from the air. We monitor for this is forty to a hundred liters. Just to let you know how to compare that to us, in, in uh, 2016, when they shot down this gentleman, they, the government done a test, and I have a copy. For for every two minutes and twenty seconds, there was a liter of product running out of the building. So you do that up, that's over seven hundred liters a day that was running into our ocean. And they never acted on it. But the day there's a spill in Vancouver, 40 to 100 litres of oil, and everything in our arsenal is there today to clean up that. I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know. Is it because we're a small community? The, nobody knows about this plant because it's down on the beach. It's kind of hit away. Uh, I... I I'm, I'm lost for words. Uh, I'm actually doing a lot of talk in the past week, yes. <laughs> you never think I'll be lost, but I'm starting to get lost for words. With, I, I think there's more to the story than we know. I think there's more to the story than we got through the Freedom Information Act. If they cleans it up, is are they afraid that they're admitting guilt and there might be some consequences? There might be some class action lawsuits? I don't know, but I actually think, and I was talking to to, 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 to my local MHA, and I portrayed that. I said, is there more to this than we know? And is the government afraid to admit, if they cleans it up, that they're admitting guilt? Uh, their plan is now to go after the polluter. The polluter's gone out of this community over 25 years. We don't even know where the polluter is to. We never knew where to send the polluter a, a, a tax bill for to pay his taxes. The legislation says the polluter pays. Yes, in special circumstances. I'm sure there's a spill of moral out of an ovary. Husky will pay. pay. Suncor will pay. But this is different. Get it cleaned up. Get it done. Then see who you want to make pay. But do the steps differently. Because what the legislation says only gives them a reason not to do this. It's a delay tactic. We're delayed now going on eight years at it. But all of this is delay tactic. Get it cleaned up. Let's try to collect the money after. My guest today on On Target is the Mayor of St. Mary, Steve Ryan. And when we come back, uh, Steve, I want to speak to you a little bit about um, uh, government response to date and what you expect next uh, when we come back right after this. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM.
Our guest today on On Target is the Mayor of St. Mary's, uh, Steve Ryan. And Steve, we really appreciate you breaking this all down for us because anybody, I think, who's been outside of the area or doesn't remember the history on this building uh, is uh, listening quite intently now to uh, learn what you have learned. Um, Last week in Placentia, the Premier indicated that government will do what it can with the agencies involved, but he admits it's complicated. So what agencies are involved and what is complicating things? I I don't know what he meant by complicated because I think that's the part that I just stressed earlier. There's more to this than we all know. The complication, what is the complication? The complication, we don't have a one. We're not going to stand in anybody's way to clean it up. You just tell us, okay, we'll do the, we'll do the cleanup. We have a company ready to go, one company. I had another company called out this morning to us. They're, they're more than qualified and prepared to go. And they said within 48 hours to be on site. We know where the product's got to go. We know it's got to be done. We have an attack plan. Uh, where's the complication? Like, there's no complication right now. And there's more than, and there should be more than one level of government right now. In provincial levels, we, we should have Department of Fisheries involved. We should definitely have Department of Environment involved, Mr. Davis. And I, I thought of earlier, we, we should have Department of Education. Are they after being made, made aware of, of what we have and how close proximity? Do they have a plan in place if something do happen so that the school can be evacuated? Do they have it? No. And I, I, I know they don't. I say they don't even know. If our ministers and our, our MHA weren't notified and the, the results of what came back on this study, on this testing, if that was skipped, and our, at that time of 2016, our MHA was sitting at the cabinet table. And at that cabinet table, I don't know why the Minister of Environment never turned to his, his counterpart and said, uh, God, Miss Sherry, girl, there's a big, big issue in your district to make her aware of what the results came back. Because I'm thinking that at that time, he never knew. I don't think I met it. I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that I never met it up to the food chain to him, which is should. If they don't think this is an important enough issue to go right to the minister, I don't know what it takes for the minister to get involved in something. And that's why I, I, I'm going to call on today. I'm going to call on Mr. Mr. Davis again to personally get involved in this. Like I said, uh, we, we all have positions. I have a position here as a mayor in a town. I think... I, I think I'll do my job, but I know that the minister right now today, yes, he's doing his job because he thinks that Abbott's, that Abbott's situation is the most serious. Yes, it is serious, but we have just as serious a situation here. If something happens here now, today, with that plan, we're after having threats of arson. If somebody was to light a fire to that building... Yourself, wherever you live to, in the town of St. John's or Tor- wherever to, every community, whatever way that wind blows, you will be affected. If there's a fire in BC, the smoke goes to Alberta. Whatever way the wind is at that day, evacuation, you will, you already think that the fires of Alberta and stuff like that made national news. This is the, the and the politicians know of this was here, they know of what we have, they know of what could happen, but how come there's nobody here today 
this since last week. There's still nobody here today. There should, there should be security put on the building. So make sure nobody goes to burn us. There should be uh, an, an attack plan. Our local fire department is a volunteer fire department. They are not qualified to go to that building if there's a fire. They are not qualified. That is an undertaking of, prof- like, not saying they're not professional, they're volunteers. You're having a fire at a building with all these H2S gases. They're not a, a totally equipped like the Thomas and John's fire department are. And hydrogen sulfide is extremely explosive. Extremely. It's a bomb. We got a bomb. We have a bomb here in Samaria, so that's what we got. And same with with our politicians. Thank them very much. Our local MHA and MP are going to be there for us on everything. Our uh, MP says he's going to take the story directly to the to uh, his counterpart in the Ottawa on uh, I think Thursday. Our MHA is no second or none. She's unbelievable. She's after doing whatever she can to help us on every level. Me and her, if we meet, I used to have two issues. The first one I says is pavement. It's road work. And the second one is the soft plane. We even have a joke about it. Whenever we meet, that's the two issues I have for her. But now I have the soft plane even above the pavement. Like, we're doing our I'm only a volunteer. I, I think we're after doing what we can do is above our it's above our pay grade for volunteers. And that's why I call on the minister himself. He had to get involved to get something done here. Uh, minister Davis got to step up and reach out to his character parents. And we're, we can't say we can't we can't leave this on the back for I'm not going away. I am not going away. If you think so, I'm going to forget about this, no. I, I have I have three more three more media sessions between now and Friday. I'm going to get more involved. We're going to we're going to reach out to. Do we have Greenpeace come on our side? Uh, the Sierra Club come on our side. Some of those big environmental groups could be something for those people to look at too. The government actually knew what was going on here and never never protected it. They never protected their ocean. Their, their solution to protecting the ocean was to fill up the drain. I thought was which was a bag of cement. Now it could be a, a can of spray foam. So I think they have a lot of a lot of issues. So what's the level of uh, responsibility of the federal government here? And and ultimately, should it be the federal government that the provincial government seeks help from? Yes, well, the ocean is federal. So that's where where we're getting uh, to the federal part. That's their responsibility. The provincial, uh, more or less, yes, they they had a lot lot of the stuff to do with what went on here. But I, I, I totally think both levels of government. I was more tending towards federal, but I think both of them are pretty well even even keel at it. Now the feds put the, the federal government put the put the money into it to get it started. The federal government was the the government that stopped the the businessman from selling these products. The federal government was the crowd that came in to stop the guy that was doing the cleanup. The federal government was made to put the stuff in the drain. So yes, the feds have a lot to do with it too. But it's left on the councils. Like I said, at that time in 1990, when this all went down, this was put here and everything, I was still in school. I was in grade 12. I was in grade 12. I'm dealing with this now. Yes, people move on to different levels of government, but 
like I said, now this is left on a volunteer council to try to to get this cleaned up. We need help. We need help. We cannot do this by ourselves. We'll do whatever we have to, whatever, to make it happen. But we need help from both the provincial and central government, and we needed help yesterday. Not today, not tomorrow. For what we have here right here now, and Linda, up to now, you never really weren't, what I'm telling you, you, you heard some of it, but you never really heard the way I'm telling you now, what we actually do have here. Like we said, we have a bomb. We got a bomb with a short fuse. If that fuse is lit, we will, we will make national news again for a very wrong reason. And I have to say that I think we've done our job. We, we made it clear what was there. We made it clear to the politicians. We have, a, we have an issue. If something happens here now, I'm going to hold them accountable. We've done what we had to do. I'm going to hold them accountable. Steve Ryan, I uh, I know you've got a lot on your plate right now uh, with all of this and all the many other things that face municipal governments on a given day. Um, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time for us to tell our story. And do keep us up to date, will you? I definitely will. Thank you so much. And we'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned for another show then. Thanks for listening, everyone.